under the era came with the vendetta We keep in the 80s, I'm tougher than leather The ladies are loving me, bigger and dapper Like Peter the Piper, been picking the pepper I get it to give it a cervical injury Kicking the wolf when I lived in the uterus Feet is from moving and doing the stewardess Cooker, the bunch of vanilla, Magilla, gorilla The villain, the criminal killer And tell her to hunt with the gun to menace to the public I'm pummel a puppet, political pundit The better the battle, the inability to meddle With the better, better, in the heroin The medicine, the venom, with the medicine, the regiment The better men, the better get him in the tenement I hit him in the head again Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right. It's another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. Oof, what a kickstart to the to the tampering period of the NFL offseason. Uh, and then the NFL start to the offseason, which was yesterday itself. Uh, old faces and new places, that's for sure. Um, I think the biggest one, honestly, and I think it was the right move, uh, and Dallas had to do it, was cutting Zeke. Um, it makes you wonder what who they're going to replace Zeke with. Uh, obviously, I don't think Pollard's going to be ready to start the year. But the fact that Dallas is going to kind of go another direction in certain, in certain aspects in a way, um, I still don't think it does much for him, like I said on Saturday, till Jerry Jones walks away and lets everybody else have control of his team. But... The fact that they cut Zeke, um, I, I God only knows how much you save, but then again, how much do they have a dead cap off of it? I'd have to go back and look. Um, but you know, you look at these other teams, and you look at you look at the Bengals losing two key defensive players, one in Von Bell who winds up going to Carolina. They look at Jesse Bates winds up going to Atlanta, and then you look at. You know, obviously, the Giants the Giants trade a third-round pick to the Vegas Raiders to get Darren Waller. And even though Waller's had uh, injury issues, the bottom line is this. The Giants had to go out and do something to get this kid a weapon. And they went out, and they got, they got a weapon that they need. Now they have to go out and get a few more for Daniel Jones. You have to go out. You have to try to get Odell at any cost. Um, so I think that's only the most... Um, the most logical choice. I mean, the guy was drafted by New York. He had a decent career in New York before, you know, all the bullshit happened, him and Gettleman and all that nonsense. But the biggest one is Rodgers actually saying that he's going to go play for the Jets. Uh, so in essence, he's accepting the trade there. And why not? He's got 60 million reasons why he should accept that trade. So, um, you know, he gives the Jets a list of, of guys that he wants. And, you know, now reports I'm reading that the Jets may be done with Mims and Elijah Moore. And they're going to do all this, okay? And this is what's going to wind up happening. You're going to bring in all these older wide receivers. So you're going to bring in, so they're going to try to bring in Randall Cobb next. They're going to try to bring in Mercedes Lewis, okay, because they're Rodgers guys. You know, it's like WWE where you have your Heyman guys. Well, in the NFL, you have your Rodgers guys. And these guys are Rogers guys, so you know he's gonna br- he wants to bring them into the fold with him in New York, even though the Jets already have a young nucleus of wide receivers, just never given the opportunity other than Garrett Wilson because you know the offensive coordinator Lafleur that was there was an absolute atrocious jackass, and Zach Wilson was just a shitty quarterback. And the question now remains: Is is Zach Wilson? who back in January was quoted as saying whatever veteran they bring in, he's going to make his life a, 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 you know, a miserable hell, you know, as far as competing for the starting job. 
bottom line is this, there is no competing for the starting job. The Jets, if the Jets were to bring in even Lamar Jackson, which again, a lot of Jets fans I talked to, even yesterday at work, all of them said the smarter choice for the next five years is to bring in a younger guy like a Lamar because, again, it gives you a wider opened window to win. You're, in essence, trying to cram three to four to five years of, of successful seasons in a two-year span. And the question is, does it work? Now, adding Rodgers obviously makes you, again, like I said on Saturday, it makes you a playoff-bound team. But it doesn't guarantee you a Super Bowl. Because we've seen it for years in Green Bay where, you know, Rodgers had explosive years and then they couldn't get past the Niners or they couldn't beat this team. They couldn't beat that team or they get to the NFC Championship and then choke. So we've, so we've seen what the outcomes are. Maybe new city, d- different scenery, you know, new faces, different offense. Who knows? Who knows what, what can happen in the next two years? But when it doesn't work out, Again, when it doesn't work and the Jets don't win a Super Bowl in the next year or two, you're right back in this situation and we're having this discussion again. It's going to happen. We're going to be having this discussion. Now who are the Jets going to have to trade for? And the Jets are going to have to trade for a quarterback and give up half the farm for it. They're going to give up they're going to have to give up half their draft capital and overpay by a boatload. It's going to happen. It will happen because That's just the jet way of football. You know, I got a lot of questions asked to me after Saturday's episode. You know, people that have listened where it was, uh, you know, well, why didn't Lamar just take the three-year, $133 million guaranteed? Because I'll tell you exactly why. And it's really simple. Look at Cleveland and what Deshaun Watson got for a guy who didn't play for almost two years. Okay. Cleveland was so desperate for a franchise quarterback that they were willing to do the dumbest thing that no other owner in this league would do. They traded for a guy who already came with a bunch of drama and a circus act behind it, okay? You then give him a four-year deal. You then give him $230 million, but then you say on top of that, ah, oh, you keep it all. We'll guarantee the whole thing. We won't have a back-out option. We won't have a backup clause. We won't have a any which way you screw up, we could get out of it and not pay you type of deal. No, guaranteed across the board. You could fuck up. You could go to you know you could go to fucking Oahu massage parlor and get jerked off, sucked off, get your fucking ass eaten, fucking get dirty Sanchez's, rusty trombones, whatever it is. Okay, and we'll still pay you. And you have 31 other owners who aren't as stupid as Jim Haslam, okay? And they're like, and they're looking at this guy, and they're looking at the situation go, and they're like, I would never have given this guy this deal. I would have traded for him, yes. But I would have never given him four years. I would have given him maybe two years. I would not have given him $230 million. I maybe would have given him $30 million, and that's all that's going to be. Now, the question still remains on the Lamar front is who's going to offer him anything? And right now, I'm reading more and more that it looks like he may not get an offer. 
And so the question is, is not having an agent and his mom being an agent for him hurting this? I don't think it, I don't think it's that. I think it's more of, you know, I think these guys want to see these owners are getting smarter and they want to see a little more now before they offer a deal like that. And Lamar's going to have to do this season what Aaron Judge did for himself in Major League Baseball. He's going to have to make the self bet. He's going to have to put it all out on the table. He's going to have to go all in. All in. He's going to have to sign the tag because now that the Jets are taking Rodgers, and again, I think that's six years too late. I don't think it's the smartest move now. But Lamar, in Lamar's situation... When you look at other teams' quarterback situation, you take Carolina, who now, uh, Saturday I said, you know, who knows, maybe they try to trade out of that pick again. Now, I read two reports right after I upload the episode. Carolina may look to trade back down in the draft, and they're looking to trade the the, um, the kid they drafted last year, Mac, uh, Matt Corral. So, in other words, again, you just picked them just to pick them because you just had to pick somebody. So, you just say, ah, we'll just pick the kid and that's it. Instead of giving them a chance, you know, you're just in essence going to just say, yeah, not, we're just going to trade you. Go fuck off. Maybe you should have stayed at Ole Miss or whatever it is. All right. (coughs) But, again, if I'm Carolina, you desperately need a quarterback now because, If you're not open to trading for Lamar and offering him an extension, then you have no choice if you're the Panthers to hold on to that number one pick. Okay? And then you go and you get Stroud or you get Bryce Young or if you want to rock the boat and get Anthony Richardson, if you want to rock the boat even further and draft Will Levis. I it, it, you know, I mean, the, the possibilities right now with Carolina are endless. They're not going to go edge rusher. They're not going to go wide receiver. They're not going to go running back. They now need a quarterback. Darno went to San Francisco on a one-year deal. You, you, you're looking to trade your third-round draft pick quarterback from last year. You don't have Baker Mayfield anymore in Carolina. You don't have a Cam Newton in Carolina no more. So what do you got? A jugs machine to throw passes. That's all you got. So that's that on that front. Now... Obviously, other moves were made to have free agency. Um, the Eagles look like as if, you know, they're losing everybody left and right. Hargrave was one that had a choice. He could have went to the Browns or he could have went to San Francisco. And I love this one tweet from a, a fellow Steeler fan that I follow, this girl, Alicia. She said, once a Steeler, always a Steeler. And right underneath it is Hargrave had the, had the Browns and the Niners as options. The Browns offered more money. He went to San Francisco instead because nobody wants to play for the circus act known as the Cleveland Browns. Nobody. Nobody. Okay. The Browns then went and released Jadavion Clowney, which we knew was going to happen anyway. Um, So now it's only a matter of where does he go. Um, You know, the Steelers made moves. Don't get me wrong, because everybody's going to sit there and go, what do you think about the Steelers move? You know, signing Cole Holcomb from, from the Commanders. Um, you know, keeping DeMonte Kaze was, was a smart move. Um, losing Sutton, it's, it sucks. I'll be honest with you, because I've been asked this. It sucks. 
But what the Lions are paying, again, the, the Lions, uh, like I said, you know, during the year, towards the end of the year, and even in the first few episodes into the offseason for the Lions anyway, um, the Lions that team on the upswing, okay? They're that team that is going to go from vastly improved to very improved in a short time span, Okay. Did they overpay for Cam Sutton and what they're guaranteeing, which is pretty much three quarters of the contract? And so it's like three years, thirty-three million, you know, twenty-two million guaranteed, or something like that. And it was a little too much. Don't get me wrong, Cam Sutton was good, but was he great? No. But then the Steelers go and they say, "Okay, we lost Sutton. We'll bring in Patrick Peterson, who's going to be a Hall of Famer." And does he bring a veteran leadership to that secondary? But yes, he does. But this only reminds me of when we brought in, uh, when we got um, Joe Hayden. It's just a, veter- a veteran presence to help the younger guys and their progression is all this is really going to be. It's all it's, it, it's, all it's really going to be. I mean, is Patrick Peterson going to have an impact in the secondary? Absolutely he is. But again... He's only there for a veteran presence. And then, everybody, and then you know, he was joking around. He said, you know, how he wanted the rock number seven. It was his high school jersey. And, you know, and then everybody on Twitter. All, as soon as anybody hears, you know, that, 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 you know that, that somebody coming to Pittsburgh wants to wear number seven, you know, everybody go, watch well, fucking Ben's number. And, yeah, it is Ben's number. But is it retired yet? No. So, technically, if Pittsburgh wanted to give it to him, they could give it to him. Now, because the Steelers are such a class act organization, they're not going to do it. And even Patrick Peterson came out. He goes, I know number seven is not up for grabs, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I really don't care what jersey number you wear. As long as you make an impact on the fucking team, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. But jumping back to the Eagles. So then yesterday, all day you're hearing Darius Slay expects to be released. Hours later, he wasn't really released. They're trying to figure out a way to keep him, and you know, I, I don't know how I don't know how my buddies at Brutally Honest feel about this offseason for the Eagles. But right now, with the guys that they're losing, and Hargrave was one of their key defensive line pieces, I don't know if this team coming in next season is going to be the same impactful team it was this past year. But can they get back to the Super Bowl is the obvious question. And it's one where, of course, we have to wait and see till they play week one and then play every game throughout the season and where the, where the record stands and injuries and all that. But if they can stay healthy and they can lose guys but bring in guys to replace them, then by all then by any stretch of the imagination, yeah, the Eagles could get back to the Super Bowl. You know, obviously they lose Miles Sanders in the running game. Um, he goes to Carolina. I think it was like over twenty five million. Detroit loses Jamal Williams to the Saints, and it was funny because once the once the the Lions signed David Montgomery from the Bears, I already told everybody Jamal is as good as gone, and twenty thirty minutes later. Jamal Williams signs with with the with the New Orleans Saints. Um, 
But yeah, it's been one hell of an NFL offseason so far. I think it just gets crazier and crazier every year. And it just it's shocking to see who goes where and what the contract is. And it's one of those where it's, you know, obviously if you're a fan of the team and you see what Hargrave got to go to San Francisco. And if you're, you know, obviously if you're an Eagles fan like my buddies at Brutally Honest, you're probably sitting there going, why didn't the Eagles offer him that? I don't know the Eagles cap situation. They would know it better than me because they're huge Eagles fans. So maybe they can, maybe they know why the Eagles didn't offer Hargrave that type of deal. But, you know, the Eagles, though, they, they kept Bradbury. So I don't know what it means for the other guy that they had there, uh, Gardner, I think it was, who also is in their secondary. So I don't know what that, I don't know what it means for him or if he signed already. But, um, you look at Denver, and I don't know how, how David 1420 Sports feels about this, but that they're looking to shop Jerry Judy. And the fact that they want a first-round pick, in my opinion, for a guy who has not played like a first-round draft pick. So what do the Broncos actually expect? What do they expect to get? If you're the Broncos and you go into this, go into this scenario where you want to trade Jerry Judy, and you bring this to the table, you have to have real expectations, not fantasy. You're not getting a first-round draft pick. You're getting maybe, at best, a second-to-third-round draft pick for Jerry Judy. Now, is Jerry Judy an amazing route runner? Yes, when he's healthy. Is Jerry Judy an offensive threat? Yes, again, when he's healthy. But maybe there's underlining issues in Denver that we don't know about with Jerry Judy. And that's the other thing that maybe teams need to be skeptical of before they make a trade for Jerry Judy. And not just Jerry Judy, but anybody in general throughout the league. It doesn't matter the sport. If there's a re- if you're all of a sudden putting a guy on the trade block, you got to question why. Sometimes it's already put out there. Listen, we're putting a guy on the trade block because, you know, we can't offer him what he's looking for, so we we rather compens we rather get compensated in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I also I've been asked how do how do I think this new NFL season's going to be? I think you're going to get a lot of vastly improved teams, and I think you're going to get a lot of sleeper teams that honestly impress you that you didn't think were going to. Um, I heard that there was, I think the Lions submitted this, if I'm not mistaken, it has to do with the whole playoff system, where if you're a wild card team that had a better winning record than the team that won the division, but you're in the wild card that the wild card team should host the, um, the, 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 the wild card playoff game. I don't disagree with it. I don't. Because... If you win your division and you're a subpar 500 team, and we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. I think the Seahawks will want one team to do it with a losing record. I think maybe uh, there's a couple others. And we've seen it this past year where you had teams that were barely 500, like Tampa, and they, they win the division, but they get to host a playoff game. Meanwhile, the wildcard team had a better win percentage, had a better winning record, Overall, but because of the division they were in, they have to play a road game. So I don't think I don't think it's necessarily unfair if the wild card team has a better winning record, better win percentage, host a, host a home playoff game. 
Maybe the punishment for winning your division at such a sucky-ass level is that you have to go play on the road. Maybe that would give you more of a, you know, an, a hunger-type feeling to actually go out and maybe win. Who knows? Who really fucking knows? But, um, obviously, we could talk more NFL offseason. I will probably do a surprise episode maybe Sunday. Not that it's a surprise if I'm announcing it, but... It'll be if I if I do it. Um, again, it's just a lot of stuff with work going on and having to do other people's work. And I know my buddies at Brutally Honest understand and, and two dudes with sports news. I know they just, they recently just took a, a mental health week, as I like to call it. Um, you know, and again, and I got a lot of messages about that, how I expressed how, you know, your mental health is the most important thing. And it really is. And it's something that when I was younger, that, you know, people just didn't understand. It was just like, oh, whatever, you know, you're just a moody kid and, that, and you know, that, that bullshit. But um, obviously, we um, Sunday I was watching the XFL and how they do this, like, missed calls on the field with Dean Blandino, I think is something that the NFL needs to implement. I think it would fix a lot of things, and the NFL would see that their officiating really does suck shits for Skittles. Uh, so if, you're, if I'm Roger Goodell, thank God I'm not, because I actually have a pair of balls between my legs and a spine, um, I would definitely implement that. Um, but the XFL isn't really that bad of, of a brand, to be honest. Uh, I could see it improving. I just don't think they should do what, like, the big three did where you start adding more teams. Like, the big three was fine when they had, like, I think it was, like, eight teams. Now I think they got, like, ten teams. Um, I think the XFL right now, for the crowd capacity that they that they get, I think where they have, like, eight teams right now, whatever it is. So, eight, maybe 12 tops. So, I would keep it at that. Um, but I was watching... The D.C. Defenders versus, I think it was the Vegas Vipers. And that had to be maybe, at best, maybe a thousand people in, 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 you know, in, in the stadium where D.C. United plays. Uh, I think it was like Audi Field in, in, in Washington, D.C. Maybe it's because the NFL is so big that we get this, this quick season of the NFL. Because let's be honest, the NFL passes by so fast. You know, before you know it, we're going to be and you know, it's going to be training camp. And then after that, it's going to be, you know, week one of, of uh, you know, the preseason. And then before you know it, we're, we're, we're talking Super Bowl. And you would think that more people would be at XFL games, especially it's probably more reasonable to, uh, to go to an XFL game as it would be to go to an NFL game. But um, if you haven't checked out the XFL, I, I would give it a try at least. Uh, I know... I know I posted it in the sports community. Anybody watching the XFL and uh, my buddy, Average Joe Sports, he goes, no one. Um, you know, again, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe because it failed the first go-around and then the second go-around, it was, you know, they had like one year, then COVID hit, and now, now it's starting again. So it's one of those, it's going to take time to catch on. But I think once it catches on, uh, not that... Not that anything's ever going to be bigger than the NFL. 
obviously, if you're a football league, like if you're the USFL, you're not going to be as big as the NFL. If you're the XFL, you're never going to be as big as big as the NFL. But it, it's something if you like football that much and you love watching football, this is it, it's giving you more options to not have to sit there and go through withdrawals of not being able to watch football. So, I mean, I would give it a shot. Um, I think there's a game tonight. The only thing that sucks, the game's at 10 o'clock at night. So chances are I'll put it on. Will I make it past the first five minutes? Chances are probably fucking not, but whatever. And then the other huge thing with the NFL offseason, and I don't know if I can do this. Everybody knows, being since I'm a huge Steeler fan, that even though Juju Smith-Schuster left, you know, you you hope for success with the kid. You know, if you're a, 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 you know, a logical Steeler fan that, you know, you can like the guy in any jersey, I'll never have any ill will towards Juju Smith-Schuster, but the fact that he's going to play with that Yoda fuckface, clam chatter, stained hoodie, Shit streak, tidy whitey, little gremlin troll, fuckbag, Bill Belichick. I don't know if I can root for this kid anymore. I don't know. I mean, of course I want to see him be successful. Just not up in New England. You know, where you know, where car keys and khakis sound exactly the same. I I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do it. I mean why would you go from a fun-loving coach like Andy Reid to this fucking moody, fucking menopause prick? He's like a woman on menopause, okay? And it's not any disrespect towards women on menopause, but he's like a woman on menopause who's got it real bad. Like, he's a real grumpy fuck. You know, I don't get it. How's the guy grumpy? The guy's got all this money in the bank, right? Okay, He's been the head coach for these fucking piece of shit Patriots for over two decades. He's like one of the most winningest head coaches. He's got a fucking hot ass girlfriend from what I've seen. And I'm surprised he could still get it up at his age. Maybe maybe that's karma that he can't get it up because he's such a prick. Maybe that's it. Because how do you walk around on that sideline and you're the most grumpiest fuck? I could understand if you had nothing going for you, you could be the grumpiest fuck on the sidelines. But I mean, you look at Robert Sala and the Jets. That guy's excited, and he's coaching the fucking Jets. You look at Nick Scarani in the uh, in Philly, and people don't like his arrogant guineness. Okay, but guess what? I like it. I like the fact that he's uh, that, that, that 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 he acts like a fucking prick on the sideline. I love the excitement that he brings. I love the excitement Tomlin brings. And then you got Belichick who sits there. Yeah, we're just going to go to next week. I don't want to talk about it. I got chowder stains on my hoodie. Oh, shit. These Hanes have got a longer Hershey streak than the I-95 highway. Like, come on. And that's where Juju wants to go? After just winning a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Wouldn't you want to stay with the Chiefs? Or go further west to be home with your family instead of going to fucking New England. Bad choice in my opinion, but again, it's business. And New England offered them probably more than what Kansas City was willing to offer. Kansas City probably was willing to only offer them a one-year deal and maybe pay them two, three more 
million as opposed to what they originally offered him? And he probably said no. So do I fault Juju Smith-Schuster for going where the dollars make sense? No. You can't fault any of these guys. Because, again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I've said it before, and I know it's repetitive, and people probably like, here we go again. But, again, when guys like me, David, 1420 Sports, Brent, we're kids because we're a part of like the older generation. I, I know, I know, my buddies at two dudes and brutally honest are are a bit younger than, than than our generation. But you'll understand this. When you guys started watching sports, it was a business. There was no, there's no loyalty with most of them. Okay, it became more of a business than it became of a sport. When we watch sports. There was more loyalty and more, hey, they're paying me less, but I'll stay here because I can help this team more. So I'll stay here. Now it's, and, and it was more of a sport. Now it's, now it's just a business inside a sport. So the sport itself has become a business. And the business of sports has overtaken what the sport actually is. If you grasp the concept of what's being said here. So that's that on, on that front. It's not to say that, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that they don't understand the world of sports. Because they do, because they're knowledgeable themselves. My perspective is, it's just, it's just, there's just like when you debate certain sports topics. I'm not going to get into it because otherwise I'll be here for another hour ranting and raving about how much better Jordan is to LeBron. But it's the same debate. You know, was sports better then as opposed to now? You know, or is it more of a business now as it was then? Or is it, you know, was it more of a sport then or is it more of a sport now? And the, and the answer is simple. It's, it's definitely more of a business in any aspect of this world of sports that we love to watch and debate so much. And that's why we get to actually debate it. Because the world of sports has changed <coughs> so much. That you've given us different topics to discuss that even we could sit here and even discuss, is sports even a sport anymore? Is football even football or is it just a business? But with that being said, I got to take care of some shit here at work as always. Um, You know, I got to do my daily emails and fucking reports and whatever else because and you know I got no life and I got nothing better else to do other than shooting the shit doing sports podcasts and you guys get to hear all my little quips and entertainment that I get to provide um because without that there ain't nothing much going on in my life other than cigars so uh with that being said as always if you're listening to me I always like to shout out um my biggest supporters obviously but not only not only because they support me, but because you should be listening to them as well. So if you're taking the time to listen to the Fan and Advanced Sports Podcast, then you should definitely be checking out everybody who supports me. And there's a long list of people. So again, you know, I had a message like, hey, you know, why don't you ever shout me out? Listen, I can't remember everybody's. I'm not going to sit here and write on fucking 14 post-it notes everybody's sp- fucking podcast name. So if I don't mention it or I forget to mention it, Sometimes stuff, sometimes names slip my mind, you know, part of being 41 now, pretty much almost a senior citizen, (laughs) but, um, you know, again, 
the, the, the support that's been shown does not go unnoticed. Uh, so with that being said, obviously, if you're listening to me, definitely check out my guys at 1420 Sports, Brent and Dave. Uh, check out their YouTube channel as well. They actually just recently did a, a live episode that that's up now. Um, I didn't even realize that I could go live on YouTube. So the next time I do decide to do it, I kind of did it impromptu. The next time I decide to do it, I will actually put out a thing on Twitter first before I actually do it so that people can actually join in and comment and we can shoot the shit that way. Um, who knows? Maybe I don't know how to do it because I just do everything from my phone. So I don't, if there's a way that maybe somebody wants to hop on, we could do that as well. But definitely check out 1420 Sports. Brent and Dave are doing their thing up in uh, beautiful Canada. Uh, definitely check out my guys, uh, Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Definitely check out Two Dudes with Sports News, Level the Playing Field, Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris, Average Joe Sports Podcast, Needs Daily Wagers. Uh, if you're into pro wrestling, definitely check out these two because they're, they're one of the most interesting ones that I've checked out recently. Uh, John, John Wrestling Fans Insight, definitely check his out along with Bray White Fan24's uh, podcast. Um, to all the other podcasts out there that, that listen, follow, retweet. Um, I also want to thank my buddy Brandon for taking the time out to listen to the past episode I did. Obviously, he liked it because it was revolving around his Ravens and Lamar. So I hope I hit the key point you wanted. Um, I do want to have Brandon on again soon uh, to do one. I just got to figure out a time and, and a date and everything else. So, uh, But with that being said... Hopefully everybody enjoys this episode. There's a lot more to discuss, obviously. Um, but, you know, again, I only have so much time in my day to do research and keep up on things. So, um, with that being said, I'm going to try to do one. Maybe I'll try to do one after work Saturday when I get home. Um, I got to see what's going on first and then I'll take it from there. But if I do do a YouTube live one, maybe I'll just do that Sunday, but I'll let every, I'll, it's something I got to decide. If I decide on it, I'll put something out Saturday night about it. But till then, stay safe and as always, peace.